your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Tuesday. Another busy Tuesday. We'll see what all things we can get to today. Grant Bills running the shop in studio. I'm Rick Solom. Uh, a little later in the show, not too much later, probably 10 minutes. Assembly Representative Steve Doyle represents the Onalaska Holman area. I think the Brad just told me 94th district. I think I always go to Brad Williams in the newsroom when I when I want nitty gritty details that I'm too lazy to Google. Uh, so I run instead. I run to the other side of the building and yell into the into the newsroom, keeping my six feet social distancing. Uh, before we get to that, though, I just wanted to bring up this this thing that happens to me periodically, and we we will t- also later in the show talk about the uh, uh, the Supreme Court decision, not Supreme Court decision, the Supreme Court vote and Jill Karofsky winning and and the uh, uniqueness that Wisconsin has at the state Supreme Court right now. And, oh, Assembly Speaker Steve Doyle on in 10 minutes. They're going to, they voted virtually today. That's kind of the reason, part of the reason why we're going to talk to him. They also, you know, had some relief bills coming and going through, through the, uh, Assembly, so we'll talk. He'll update us on what was passed, what wasn't passed, in terms of getting you guys who are struggling right now with the virus and social distancing and and work. He'll he'll kind of update you guys on on what they did today. So that'll be inf- in, informational, hopefully interesting. We'll try to have some fun too, right? Uh, but before we get to that, I, I've I, I've done this game multiple times in probably the past month. I did it last week when gasoline was a dollar twenty-five, I think, because it dropped. I, I want to say it dropped two or three times last week, and it was a dollar twenty-five. And I remember hearing something in the news while I was driving, on, listening to the radio. Of, of course, listening to wisdom. Something about Donald Trump's going to get involved in uh, how much overproduction or production, I guess because we're not driving as, as much anymore worldwide, the gasoline prices have, have plummeted because there's an overproduction of gas or of oil, I should say. So that's why the prices are getting lower and lower. And there's this, you can kind of read about this on wisdomnews.com, a rare intervention by the U.S. helped seal crucial OPEC deal. But Aside from getting the nitty gritty, Grant, I'm sure you've done this. I I saw the dollar twenty five on the on the sign. I heard this in the news. Like Trump is getting involved. They're going to try to reel reel back production, which means that the prices will go back up. So I filled up, even though I was at like a half a tank, and and then the next day it went to a dollar sixteen, and I'm like, okay, well he still did this decision. Should I fill up again, or should I drive a different car and fill that up? Should I get all my lawnmower gasoline cans and fill those up? It's at a dollar sixteen. It can't go any lower. So I did that, and now it's a dollar five. <laughs> so I don't know how many times. How many times have you played this game, Grant, where gasoline drops and and you you fill up, and then you're pissed the next day because it dropped ten more cents? Maybe it's a generational thing. I'm really bad at paying attention to gas prices. Like if you, normally on a, in a normal situation if you ask me how much gas is I'm not able to tell you like I just pull in and I fill up although the last couple weeks I'm trying to be better I filled up on Saturday because I went and did some fly fishing down near Viroqua I didn't talk to anybody I thought it was the perfect social distancing activity and on my way back I stopped in Coon Valley at the quick trip and got a full tank for what felt like 20 22 dollars so I'm loving it I feel like I should keep my car topped off 
this week and next until gas starts to go back up. So I'm with you. I'm going to I'm going to try to take advantage of it the best I can. Yeah, and this is a, this story is, is pretty interesting and and, and you want to be like, "Nice job, Donald Trump. Way to get involved." And Yeah. And uh but the 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 reason he's getting involved is because this this line right here in the story. Trump also knew what was at stake domestically. The U.S. is now the world's largest oil and gas producer. It seems like, oh, maybe we should be getting out of this business slowly. Instead, we're ramping up and we've become the world's largest oil and gas producer as uh, nobody is is driving anywhere. And everyone everyone's still kind of dependent on, you know, internal combustion. But at this point, I think the, the general consensus is we need to get out of oil and gasoline and internal combustion and and kind of switch over to uh you know more efficient environmentally friendly electric vehicles not what i did recently except that my car is very efficient and using oil but uh the electric vehicle industry kind of expensive at this point but um yeah it's just kind of like okay so gas is is we had to get involved to make gas more expensive that's the first time i've ever yeah <laughs> it's a super weird concept i like your take about stocking up all your your lawnmower cans because because that, that's something that that i won't do because i don't mow my own lawn i don't have like i don't have a boat or i don't have a, a, a four-wheeler but somebody like my parents who live on a lake and they have a pontoon Maybe those two big cans they got down, you know, by the dock in the boathouse, maybe get those filled up in the next week or two and have cheap gas for the the start of the boating season. I think people are going to be doing that for sure. I won't be because I have no reason to, but I think people who like to four-wheeler or, or, or they have a boat, it might be a good time to to grab a couple extra cans while it's cheap. Can you uh, can you pontoon with your parents and uh, exhibit social distancing? Because the pontoon's got to be about six feet across. You guys can just sit on the yeah. opposite sides. I think if, if I sit in the front and my parents both sit in the back... I think we'd be okay. Although, yeah. although then you're downwind of them. Yeah, exactly. somebody somebody's downwind of somebody, so <laughs> it's probably not perfect. But the six feet, I think we'd you got to go side, be okay. side to side because the pontoon's not really going. I guess it's not going that fast anyway, unless you're water skiing. Behind. I know some people that have water skied behind a pontoon. Yeah, we. I mean, we grew up. Me and my siblings tubing and water skiing behind a pontoon, and and then we'd go with a friend who had a speedboat, and we're like, this is this is a different animal. But you know, it's it's leisure cruising now. But I think we could do the six feet. I think we could. I was a I was a a water skiing phenom when I was little I was I wasn't able to get up on one ski because I was so little I wasn't strong enough but mm-hmm. I was dropping a ski and then you know just one skiing at all the time I remember some of my parents friends like wow he's already one skiing and then um as I'm doing that when my dad went to water ski he would grab the rope you'd see him take a giant deep breath and then he'd duck under the water, and mm-hmm. then for the next 30 seconds, the boat would slowly. My dad's not, like, <laughs> overweight by any means. He's just, you know, he's just, the boat is just that weak, and it would take him 30 seconds to get him out of the water. Yep. Just <laughs> so it's super funny. And, and then, you know, by the time I got to be bigger, then we didn't have a boat anymore, so I don't just, have to just go Just plowing through, that. through the water. And my, my dad water skied a ton when he was little and he'll still do it like maybe once a summer and it takes a while and like like same with you like my dad's not a huge guy but he's he's bigger than I am and it's only a it's only a pontoon so sometimes we got to plow water for 10 or 20 seconds before he finally is able to <laughs> to pop up on skis yeah that's that's super fun I didn't know you were a water skier Rick I learned something yeah, new about I used you every to be day and I uh I've what is it called wakeboarded once in my life my friend's got a pretty nice setup out in out west and we went wakeboarding once I got up no problem. Went around the lake a couple of times, and then I got bored with it. So I'm like, "All right, I'm going to do the cool thing where I switch, you know, go f- switch sides or go from front to back." Yep. 
or flip. I don't know how what, what you turn. I guess do a one eighty so I can go the other way. Mm-hmm. And I crash and burned. And then the next time I tried to get up, I didn't know which way I wanted to go, so I was uncomfortable the whole time. And then I just got embarrassed by falling every time and, and never wakeboarded again. Yeah, now my my back hurts when I go skiing, so it's just <laughs> it's it's lost it's lost a little bit. Yeah. All right, uh, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna do news. We'll come back with Assemblyman Steve Doyle to talk about the virtual vote today, right here on Wisdom. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If you want to get in here, we're going to have a conversation with Steve Doyle, Onalaska Holman representative in the assembly in just a second, but 608 785 7914, the Sugarloaf Ford Talk and Text Line. Uh, somebody is giving me the finger on the talk and text line. I don't know the context yet. That's, uh, that's my dad. He, that. he told, he's been listening and he must have not appreciated uh, uh, his story or my story about his water skiing. <laughs> Yeah, that's my dad. <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks, Mr. Bills. Appreciate that. Uh, my dad would probably, I don't know if my dad would do that. Uh, he also wouldn't know how to send a text message. So, um, is Steve there? Yep, we got Steve on the line. All Here right, you go. Steve, uh, you, you planning on doing any water skiing this summer? Do you got your, uh, your, your boat filled up because gas is $1.05 a gallon? You know, I used to do that a lot when I was younger, but at my advanced age, I, uh, I watch people water ski. I don't do it anymore. You're just driving the boat. Well, but even more fun, uh, we have a four-wheeler at our farm, and so we take that out. So I, I can still figure out ways to spend money on gas. <laughs> Excellent. All right, so you guys voted virtually today for the—was that the first time ever? I, I mean, it can't be that, that long ago where we couldn't vote virtually at all. So I, I don't know. How did that go? Uh, it was first time ever, and it went actually pretty well. The way that our law reads uh, for each person to vote, you have to do it individually, and that's 99 people. But what they do is they click on, well, they call you and they click on you, and you have to then unmute your mic, and and then you have to say how you're voting, and then they repeat it, and then they go on to the next person. So 99 people takes, I don't know, probably 15, 20 minutes to go through just a roll call for, like, who's present and who's not. So it took a longer time by far than usual, but it actually went pretty smoothly. Now, is it, uh, you know, is somebody in Madison got a big computer screen and there's 99 little squares on there with everyone in the assembly or not? Kind of like Hollywood squares? Um, no, actually, well, in Madison, yes, but uh, it was also run on Wisconsin Eye, so people could see just the main screen in terms of who was speaking at the time. And uh, we could see that and ourselves, but we couldn't see the other people. And you, you voted from work as opposed to home, because I was going to say, if you were at home, you could vote virtually. They might be able to see you, right? You're on video. Um, so you could be like party, uh, party below and business up top. You could have like a suit top on, but shorts on. And uh, I suspect some of my colleagues probably were doing that. Uh, I was at the law office, so I had this nice uh, you know, wood panel background and everything, made me look real professional and everything. But, you know, it, uh, it was the first time we did it, and uh, I think it went pretty well. Now, I've seen some stories with like, these Zoom meetings where there's you know seven or eight people in one screen, and they're all talking to each other, and then somebody accidentally turns themselves into a talking potato. Did that happen today at the assembly? Did not happen, and one of the things that uh, people also do during those meetings is forget that uh, they didn't turn their mic off, and so they say stupid stuff. And fortunately, that didn't happen today, especially with me. Oh, that would have been great too, especially if we get Robin Voss saying something, so we can poke at him. Uh, no, I won't get into it. Um, all right, so 
the, no, no I, comment. No comment. I saw your statement today, and I was just kind of reading it, and you know. It, 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 in terms of, and this is the first thing I thought about when I when I was reading about the assembly voting was, man, this has been a while. Like we've been in this situation for a while. This it, it seems kind of late for something to finally pass in the assembly. Yeah, you know that was getting frustrating. People knew that the federal government had passed their package and were waiting for the state to implement it and to do you know our next step in in that regard. It took a while. I mean, at least it finally came together. We got it passed today. The Senate's going to do it tomorrow, and I assume the governor will sign it the next day. You know, so we're we're getting it done, but nothing happens fast in government these days, even when there's a crisis, and, and that gets to be kind of frustrating. But, uh, you know, we had a package today that I think it was uh, 97 to 2 that it passed in the Assembly, and, you know, you don't see a lot of stuff pass unanimously or close to unanimously. So it speaks volumes that we're actually able to bridge that divide and finally do something that we all agreed on or almost all of us agreed on. Speaking with State Representative Steve Doyle, represents Alaska, Holman, West Salem too, Steve? Oh, yeah, Bangor, Rockland, uh, Holland, the, the whole outer area of the county except for the city of La Crosse and French Island. Oh, yeah, that's what Brad said. He said pretty much La Crosse County except, you know, La Crosse. Um, and French Island, like you said. So in terms of the thing that you passed today, I don't know if it's a thing or if it's multiple things. Can you just describe uh, some of the things that, that people who really need this to pass are, are going to look forward to pretty soon, hopefully pretty soon? Yep, absolutely. So it was one bill that had a lot of components. Uh, the one component that most people were interested in who uh, got laid off is the elimination of the one-week waiting period to be eligible for unemployment. So right now, uh, under the current law, if you're laid off today, you're not without any money for a week before you're eligible to start getting benefits. This changes that so that immediately you're eligible. And if you were already laid off before today uh, during this crisis, that's going to be backdated, and so you will eventually get that check. So we're trying to make people whole in, in that regard. Secondly, it had things to help out uh, a number of our major industries in the state, tourism, uh, agriculture, uh, construction, manufacturing, and so forth, because those are the areas that really they're suffering right now, and we needed to do something. This also helps to implement the, the federal package. Also, those people that are working on the front lines, we're trying to protect them. So if you are uh, an EMS worker, for example, and you contract, coronavirus. We don't make you prove how you got it or that you got it through work. We're simply saying you get it, you're eligible for various benefits. So we're trying to do the things that are the here and now that needed to be done. And from my perspective and my colleagues on the Democratic side, our perspective, we're not done. We think that there's more that's going to need to be done over the next few weeks, perhaps a few months. So we'd like to come back and, and pick up where we left off. Yeah, that was my next question is, uh, you know, what what do we still want to pass that maybe didn't get through this bill that was uh, voted on virtually today? Well, one thing that the Democrats have been pushing uh, is this idea of voting by mail. We saw the good, the bad, and the ugly of elections this last week where we, you know, saw a record number by far of people who voted by mail. And by and large, that worked pretty well. The people who showed up to vote on Election Day, it didn't necessarily work so well, depending on where you were. If you were in a rural area or even in La Crosse County, 
things went fairly smoothly on election day. If you were in Milwaukee, you stood in line in the rain for maybe two hours. We think that for 2020, not necessarily going beyond that, but for 2020, if we do all voting by mail, and we tell people ahead of time, this is how it's going to work. You can start on this day. You have to have your ballot in the mail by that day. Uh, we think it'll work pretty well. And, in fact, other states are doing it and haven't had problems. Oregon and, and Washington, for example, have been doing it for years. Yeah, I think, five, Florida, I think five other states do it already, an all-mail ballot. Right. And, you know, we're hearing people say, well, that's just the Democrats want to do that. The state of Florida, it's the Republicans that are pushing it. It's not a partisan thing. It's something that if you do it right and you tell people ahead of time, here's how it's going to work. We don't have our clerks having to find poll workers who are worried about contracting coronavirus. We don't have all of the infrastructure where we have to have the National Guard show up to help people to space and to, uh, you know, to process the ballots. We can do it in a lot more rational sense. And I think that the reaction I heard from people this time who voted by mail who had never done it before was like, wow, that was really easy. I'd like to do it that way again. Yeah, the hardest part about voting by mail, and maybe maybe there is a stamp, but me getting a stamp is like the hardest part of my day when i got to find something to, to send in a, put in the mailbox. Well, a lot of the municipalities will send out that ballot uh, with a stamp already on it, so you just drop it in the mail. Well, solve that problem, too. Um, anything else in the bill that – well, okay, so the stuff that you passed, you mentioned agriculture, manufacturing, construction. Is there any specifics there where you're like you – know, I don't know if you want to grab like, – agriculture, for example. You know, this is how we're going to help that industry through this bill. Is there a specific thing there, or, or, or is it too general at this point? Well, it's, it's general, and what it says is, is that the state is required to put together a plan, and we need to fast-track a plan. So, you know, can I tell you exactly what the components are going to be? No, but the people who are smarter and more experienced than I am are going to get together in a room, hopefully, and figure out the components, whether it's manufacturing, agriculture, construction, retail, whatever. But the, the idea is let's put together a plan to, number one, start to re-engage them so that we can start to open for business again, not all on one day, but, you know, a, a phased and logical rollout. What do we need to do to make them whole so that, you know, if they have lost a whole quarter's worth of revenue, what can we do to bring them back up to speed so that we're not doing record number of bankruptcies coming up in the future? Um, and what can we do to get people comfortable re-engaging, too? For, for example, um, the restaurant industry, that has been absolutely decimated. But if we open all of our restaurants tomorrow, they wouldn't be full because people are afraid to go. So what we need to do is to do something where we're looking at this logically as we move forward to phase in, to get a comfort level, to keep the revenue stream going, keep people employed, but also get people used to what is probably going to be the new normal, that things just don't work quite the same that they used to. You mentioned that you know you're gonna you're gonna get rid of the one week waiting period for people who want to file for unemployment. I, I guess two things does the does, that seems like something we could just get rid of altogether. Like going forward, like if someone becomes unemployed, I don't know why they would have to wait a week before hey prove you're unemployed by suffering for a week. Um, so I don't know if that will end because of the, it, it's just a COVID thing or if it'll continue. That would be nice to see continue. And on top of that, with everybody uh, filing for unemployment, I know a lot of people that are doing this. Um, what are the repercussions for that You know, for the state? Because obviously they've got to write these checks for, for people who are unemployed. 
Uh, let me address the first thing uh, first, which is getting rid of that one-week waiting period forever. Uh, the bill specifically says that goes till next February. I think there's concern, and, and, and to be honest, it's more on the, the Republican side that you have people that uh, they work for a little while and they deliberately quit their job just so that they can start getting benefit checks. So we want to discourage that by saying, hey, you got to wait for a week. I don't necessarily buy into that argument, but it's a legitimate argument that, okay. that they put forward. During this crisis, obviously, you're not seeing people engaging in that behavior at all. People are laid off left and right lately through no fault of their own, through no fault of their employers either. Um, and so different times call for different measures here. In terms of the cost of it, that's part of the federal package that's coming into the state to help us to you know, meet the incredible outflow of cash that we're going to have to try to keep you know our, our various sectors of our economy afloat while we're trying to work our way through this. So we're hoping that that will be essentially, you know, enough money, whether we're talking the current package from the federal government or future ones that we know are coming, uh, that'll help us to, you know, to meet those obligations, keep people going until, uh, you know, things start to even out. Okay. Uh, thanks a lot, Steve Doyle, uh, for, for joining us. we got a break for news, but I appreciate you coming on uh, last minute here. Thank you. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. If you want to get in here, having a couple of conversations with Grant and the texters, the Sugarloaf uh, Sugarloaf Ford talking text line, 608-785-7914. Actually, uh, even Grant's dad's texting in. uh, Derogatory fingers yelling at Grant for uh, bringing up water skiing earlier in the show. It's a nice childhood memory. All right, Dad, you should look at it that way. How does that sound? (laughs) That's funny that your dad texted in because on my way over here just thinking about the show today i was like because when mitch was doing the show my dad was often a topic of conversation and my ineptitude as a son and a human (laughs) and how how uh, like saddened my dad must be about my state of affairs yeah and we're all joking and your and your political affiliation too i'm sure no no, i think my dad is my dad's pretty okay 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 um i think my dad might be a little bit like phil on the text line though in, in terms of blaming everything on china uh, when, it comes, when it comes to uh, fixing cars and and stuff like that, we we have to get certain parts, and they can't be made in China because they're going to break right away. Um, but I did. I was thinking about that because I we the, as much as we used to talk about my dad, um, bringing him on the show would would probably be a pretty funny segment, and I bet a lot of people would call and just rip on me. My dad probably wouldn't appreciate it because the the way we joke about me as a son. And then the callers would just eviscerate me, I'm sure, to my dad. And my dad would be like, um, what are you guys talking about? So, uh, so I don't know if it would be a great idea. But it would be fun to just check in with our, our dads, right, and see what they're doing. Because my dad's working on forklifts out in the garage every day now that he's home social distancing. Yeah, my dad's just listening to this show every day when he's social distancing. <laughs> yeah, clearly so. your dad has nothing better to <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. He, he's, he's listening to the show. All right, let's go to the phones. I know Eric from Sparta is on hold and number three is on. So uh, let's go to number three if you can, Grant. Number three, you're on with Grant and Rick on Lacrosse Talk PM. Thank you for taking my call, and don't pick on your dad because we're about the same age. Yeah, okay. I'm not picking on him, and definitely not picking on him. And I, I don't want to see you on water skis. I think you and your girlfriend and Millie got to come down the root river in a tube. Yeah, <laughs> we've done that. We've done that. You can call an Uber driver to take you up to Lanesboro. Yeah, uh, that would be but, a long uh, tube ride. Yeah, you got to get like... out in the world more today. 
I went up to, took my wife up to her uh, exercise club at the clinic today, and gas was 98 cents at Quick Trip. 98, yeah, it's a dollar five in Hoka. Yeah, well, they like to get more there in the big towns, you know, but <laughs> 98 cents I paid today. When's the last time you, you remember gas that low? Do you even remember? <laughs> I'm so old, I remember gas when it was 17.9. 17. What year was that? 18-something? About 1960, 59, 60 in that area. Okay. What were you driving around that time? I was driving a real nice 59 Chevy truck. Oh, my dad is a 56 F100. Okay. All right. Well, this was a a bigger truck than a pickup. Oh, yeah. You know, this was an oversized uh, poultry truck. I was going to say you were hauling chickens around, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. What I used to do when I come to the scales, I'd get out and hit the side of the truck, so the chickens were flying. And when I went over to the scale, they didn't weigh as much. <laughs> now you figure that one out, okay? All right, I think the statute of limitations is up on you, uh, so you're you're safe saying that. Otherwise, that sounds a little shady. Well, no, that's no. no I thought you'd fall for that one. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we'll go back to the phones. I think Eric from Sparta is waiting on hold. Eric, you're on Lacrosse Talk PM. Go ahead, man. Yeah, I've been waiting about uh, 45 minutes. So I hear liberal crap on there. Your motor mouth uh, promoting Steve Doyle liberal bull crap is unbelievable. Why don't you let some other people give you a call? For 45 minutes, no Lacrosse Talk PM, no calls. Got on. Two, two calls in one minute. There so you I go. Know. Well, I look, and and I apologize, Eric. I know you've been you've been trying to call for a couple minutes. We got Steve Doyle on the line. Like we talked to him, and then we were going to get to you. I, I don't want to interrupt our guest, so I, I apologize, Eric. Sometimes we just got stuff going on. I, I'm, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, we're, I'm going to blame Grant on this one. Yeah, and, just push uh, it on me. Fine. And, and it's nice that Eric waits on on hold. But I feel did Eric call 45 minutes ago or whenever he called to to be mad about not being able to have any calls because i'm sure he had something to talk about did he just forget i don't he, know i'm pretty sure eric first called right when we were bringing steve on so i was like okay well now we're gonna have to wait on on Eric. I, like i don't know i <laughs> i read things when when you're talking to steve i'm reading about what's going on with the coronavirus i'm reading about what's going on with the wisconsin yeah, just, supreme court right now like and i feel like eric called for a reason and he had something to talk about but then he's like he, he maybe like a squirrel <laughs> and he forgot what he talked about because he's so mad that steve doyle was on and then he just like, what was your point of calling forty five minutes ago? I just, I wonder what. I mean, probably about putting masks on. Um, on the text line, I'm having a, a conversation. So we were, we were talking about gas prices, and number three brought it up ninety eight cents uh, somewhere. I don't remember where he was. Uh, somewhere out of town, a small town, not big town like Hoka, where it's a dollar five. But uh, Grant, I, I will say this: since you're not paying attention to the gas prices, the gas prices by behind Dick Sporting Goods, like that Quick Trip, and mm-hmm. then Woodman's. Always like way cheaper than the rest of town. So really, if you're ever in that area, just maybe fill up if you, if even if you don't need to. Well, maybe I'll start going to that side of town. I <laughs> went shopping on the south side last night. Rick, you'll appreciate this. I went to do my grocery shopping at about eight forty-five last night. I know you're a night owl mm-hmm. because I thought, okay, the store will be quiet. I'll sneak in. I'll get my stuff. No, they closed at eight thirty. So I drove all <laughs> the way down to the south side. And if I have to go to Walmart, which now I do in the next couple of days, I'll go to on Alaska and maybe I'll get some cheap gas while I'm there. Grant, you got to go to aroundrivercity.com and then just search the business you want to go to to see if it's open. That's true. That, that's true. I didn't do my homework. Yeah, that's your fault. That's your fault. Um, yeah, so we were talking about gas prices, and I brought up a story that's on wisdomnews.com. It's a headline. If you want to read it, it's pretty interesting. A rare intervention by the U.S. helped seal a crucial OPEC deal. And usually when you talk about uh, getting involved in, 
in gas prices and oil prices. It's always about lowering the prices, but right now it's about raising the prices because the U.S. is the biggest oil producer in the world, essentially. And uh, arguing with Phil, he, he says, why don't you wise up? I think, he, I think Phil texts me to wise up uh, every day. He goes, all the oil in the world is traded in U.S. dollars. Trump got involved because China wants to create a new currency for oil trading. If the world stops using dollars for oil trade, you will need a wheelbarrow full of $20 bills to buy a can of gas for your lawnmower. But if they're not using dollars, and I don't know. My wheelbarrow is missing a wheel, too, so that would be really unfortunate. It's been sitting in my driveway without a wheel for all winter. Um, and, and then I just said, uh, I, I replied to him something to the fact that, you know, maybe we should get out of the being all completely dependent on oil or at least being the biggest oil producer in the world. Maybe we should wean off of that a little bit and head to these renewable energy resources like sun. The sun, I don't know if you know this, but it's free. Like, we don't even pay for it. The wind, the wind happens, and, you know, we don't have to, you know, pay the wind to, to blow. We have to obviously have infrastructure to gather the that energy somehow, and that can be expensive and maybe maybe sometimes it's we we haven't gotten to the place where it's maybe super efficient in certain areas, but that all depends on how much in, how much we want to put into investing in these renewable energy resources and getting them to the point where they're unstoppable and they're just making money for us instead of costing money for us. But uh, but Phil then replied, "You are you are not dependent on oil if you don't want to be. Bicycles are cheap." And he said, China still manipulates all the quote-unquote free energy items, too, because they are communists and subsidize 50% of all those sources. Wise up again, he tells me. So, And he goes on from there. But again, he's like, apparently China is to blame for everything. And I understand China has some you know, worker human rights, whatever you want to call it, the way they, they treat their workers over there. They're probably not paying everybody all that great. And that's why everything is so cheap. I remember buying an, an like an iPhone cord or some kind of Apple device cord, and I went on eBay and it was 19 cents free shipping, but it was coming from China. I was like, well, that seems a little strange. How can you ship it for 19 cents from China? Total, no, total for the cord. It's 15 dollars if you buy it at the, the iPhone store. Yeah, if the ship, if if. All together, it's 19 cents. The shipping's got to be like almost all of that. Like you're bringing it over an ocean. So how much are you, if it's 17 cents total and you're shipping it across an ocean, how much did it cost them to make? Like that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, unless they have some secret factory in in America where the shipping's a little bit cheaper. Yeah, it just didn't make any sense. Like it would cost, it costs 49 cents to ship a letter here. How did it cost 19 cents to get me this cord? And I got it too. I I definitely bought it. 19 cents. What are you, are you kidding me? Um, I think Dave is on. On the phone, Dave. What do you got? You're talking with Rick and Grant on Lacrosse Talk PM. Dave dropped off. Oh, he's Dave gonna he's off. gonna be upset. So, Dave, if if you got something to say, call back. We'll we'll get you right on with Rick. Okay. So, Dave dropped off. Let's let's burn through that other break, and then we we can come back. And I want to bring up my Jill Karofsky theory in the in the fact that she won the Supreme Court seat yesterday. And and I have this theory sitting out, and it's not going to be any fun anymore. A couple days later, because nobody really actually cares about the Supreme Court until there's an election. So, we'll be back on Wisdom after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If you want to get in here, 608 785 7914, the Sugarloaf Ford Talk and Text Line. Looking at some other texts here. Uh, free Speech Fred. Fred, I guess. I don't know. Rick, did you, know, did you notice it's snowing out? We need to bor- burn more fossil fuels before we lapse into another ice age. And I just said to him, I think the super volcano in Yellowstone should offset that. We don't have to be in the oil industry. We can just, you know, 
offset the ice age that way naturally. But he said, sure, we can fill the earth with used batteries and turbine parts. And that gets back to the argument that we need to invest in these infrastructures to make them more efficient. So yeah, battery technology, not great. Maybe, maybe it is great. I mean, I feel like it's always getting a, getting better year to year, month to month, however you want to talk about it. The, the battery, the battery life of these electric cars, the, the mileage anyway, keeps increasing. So uh, the idea that if we, you know, really put our money into it, we could, we could probably boost that exponentially. Um, all right. So let's get to the uh, Jill Karofsky the supreme, the newest Supreme Court uh, justice in Wisconsin. She won yesterday. I think she got fifty-five percent of the vote. There is a story on Wisdom about voter turnout there that I didn't have pulled up. But the the interesting thing with Jill Karofsky becoming a Supreme Court justice is the fact that she's a female. And that, though that's not interesting, the idea that. Wisconsin now has six female Supreme Court justices and one male justice, Brian Hagedorn. And if you remember a year ago, Brian Hagedorn was going against Lisa Neubauer in a Supreme Court race. And Lisa Neubauer conceded the race down less than 6,000 votes and didn't want to pay for a recount. Her campaign essentially would have had to pay for a recount. And I don't know, 6,000 votes, maybe that's too insurmountable and it's not worth recounting. But had... Lisa Neubauer won that race last year against Brian Hagedorn, and then Jill Karofsky wins yesterday, essentially, even though the vote was last week, Tuesday. We would have a seven-person justice made up of all all women. It would have been an all-female all Supreme Court, and that's never happened in U.S. history. So that would have been pretty pretty amazing. Um, but six to one is, is pretty amazing in itself. I don't know if we... You know, maybe we can get to the point where that's not amazing, but that's I, I don't know. That's pretty that's pretty cool that Wisconsin has a six to one Supreme Court majority in the in the female category. But what's funny about the the funny theory that I have with the Supreme Court and the, all the lawsuits over voting now, when the election was happening, if you remember the the turbulence heading into that election, Republicans took um, the the absentee ballot to the Wisconsin Supreme Court, I believe it was the absentee ballot, and to the, the, the idea that you had another week to vote for absentee, and they took that to the Wisconsin Supreme Court, and all the conservative judges voted to kill that idea, and the liberal justices voted for it, because we're split down party lines, of course, at the Supreme Court even, and now that Jill Karofsky has won, I feel like Republicans are going to want to take their own lawsuit that was decided by the Wisconsin Supreme Court and now send it to the U.S. Supreme Court to open up absentee balloting again. They want the extension open because I'm sure there are some ballots coming in that, that will come in before today or yesterday because yesterday was the supposed new deadline until it was killed by the Supreme Court because Karofsky, law, Karofsky won. So they want Dan Kelly to win. So they, now they need any votes they can. So send that to the Supreme Court. Get that reversed, and then we can grab any and all absentee ballots that come in, and maybe, just maybe, Dan Kelly will will get enough votes. I mean, he would have to have hundreds of hundred thousand, maybe a what is it? I think there was one and a half million votes, and she won by fifty five percent. So Dan Kelly would really have to make up a lot of ground in the absentee ballot uh, voting. But yeah, just a funny theory. Uh, probably probably a little ridiculous though, Grant. 
Did Rick, you even... Rick, you're you're never being ridiculous. I think it's interesting. <laughs> could, you even, you should... could you even follow along with no, that? No, idea? I, I can. And, and you texted me earlier with your theory, and I had to read it a couple of times just to get my mind around it. But over on WKTY, I love presenting theories like this. Like that's <laughs> half my show. Is I, is I go. I think what's I think this is what's going on, and then I just try to defend myself for an entire segment, and that, that's what I do. I love coming up with theories. I, I think it's fascinating. Yeah, I think this is a the, Colin Cowherd does this. I think every show, right? It's, yeah, talk about sports radio. He always has these, and I like them. I'm like, oh, that is an interesting theory, and mine's maybe a little bit ridiculous. Republicans, you know, file a lawsuit to kill the extension of absentee balloting, balloting, and then they lose their nominee nominee because maybe the absentee ballots that would have come in would have been for Dan Kelly. So now they're going to take themselves to court and asked the U.S. Supreme Court, which also voted conservatives uh, last week uh, in, in terms of, you know, not allowing the vote to continue in person. And uh, so, yeah, they're going to take themselves to court. That would be – so they'd be on both sides of the, the courtroom essentially, but we're voting virtually too. Yeah, that was another thing. We haven't brought, brought that up yet, and, and it was hard to confirm just seeing memes. I don't like to bring memes into the conversation until I can confirm them, but the idea that the U.S. Supreme Court and the Wisconsin Supreme Court – both voted virtually on on disallowing Wisconsin voters to vote by mail or extend the voting by mail and to just stop having to vote in person. Those two Supreme Courts both voted virtually. So, you know, the the, the irony there uh, with that is, is a little bit uncanny. So, all right. So that's going to do it for today's show. We talked to Wisconsin Assembly, Assemblyman Steve Doyle, state representative out of the Onalaska District, 94th District, so Onalaska Holman. And uh, you can check out the podcast. It'll be on wisdomnews.com. Go to podcast. Check it out if you want to listen to that, that conversation. All right. That should do it. We'll, uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. I think we got Ron Kind on tomorrow. You bet.